Welcome. I'm Edward D. Girolamo, and you are listening to the HBOT News Network, a series of interviews focused on simplifying the science of healthy living designed to help you understand the phenomena that is hyperbaric oxygen therapy. In this episode, we are happy to have Elena Schertz, a board-certified family nurse practitioner and the clinic manager from Extavita RTP located in Durham, North Carolina. Elena has been practicing integrative medicine since 2010 and has been the clinic manager at Extavita for the last three years. Prior to that, Elena worked in the pediatric oncology, cardiac, and surgical unit at UNC Hospital for 15 years. So please welcome Elena, joining us here to discuss hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Uh, welcome, Elena. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. Elena, perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about your background. Sure, Ed. Um, just like you said, um, I have um, a history of working in pediatric oncology for about 15 years, um, pediatric surgery and pediatric cardiology over at UNC. And then I started getting interested in integrative medicine and went to outpatient clinics, um, worked in a few Raleigh clinics um, here, and eventually landed at Extavita um, after getting my master's several years ago. Helena, is, is hyperbaric oxygen, is that something that you were trained in formally? Um, actually, not at all. Um, the first exposure I received from with hyperbaric oxygen therapy was actually in a clinic that I worked in. We had a, a small chamber, and um, we used it. We hardly ever used it, actually, and I had no idea to, um, to the extent to which we could actually apply hyperbaric oxygen. And actually, I wish I had known it back then. I would have used it a lot more as, as a nurse in that clinic. Mm -hmm. So to, at Extavita, what it would... What's hyperbaric oxygen to you there? Yeah, um, so just in general, hyperbaric oxygen is the application of oxygen under atmospheric pressure. At Extavita, we actually used 100% medical grade oxygen under um, increased um, pressure, like I said, atmospheric pressure in a multi-place chamber. Um, there are two types of chambers that are available to, to, to receive hyperbaric um, oxygen, and that is a monochamber and a multi-place chamber. And at Exavita, we have a multi-place chamber, which just means we can hold more than one patient in a chamber and give them treatment. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So, so in, in the patient experience, can you take us through, you know, when patients want to know what is this going to be like? Can you give us some insight into that? Sure. Um, so as far as the treatment itself, after I see them for a consultation, um, they um, go in a chamber that seats about, we have two chambers at Extavita, um, one that seats six to eight, and the other one that seats about 10 to 12. So what a hyperbaric treatment entails is um, going into a pressurized chamber, meaning we just add atmospheric pressure air um, into a chamber and um, the patient actually dons a, an, an apparatus, a breathing apparatus that's either a hood, it's called a hood, or a mask, and they breathe 100% oxygen through that apparatus. Mm -hmm. So what, lasts, what, what does that do? What, is, what does breathing oxygen under pressure do? Um, so when it, the physiological changes happen um, when we breathe oxygen under pressure, um, because what happens is when we breathe under pressure, the plasma is actually saturated with oxygen. It diffuses into the plasma and dissolves in the plasma. Usually we're carrying oxygen in our hemoglobin, and, there's, and our hemoglobin saturates about 97% oxygen. But when we use, when we apply and are treated with hyperbaric oxygen, the plasma is actually saturated with oxygen up to five to five times more than 
what the blood usually carries. And so, so from the standpoint of the patient, um, what are the challenges with getting a, a treatment? Is there any reason why they can't or they, they, they don't have a good experience? Like what are the challenges that you might see with hyperbaric oxygen therapy? So, oh, I'm sorry. Um, what was the last thing you said? Therapy, I, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. What are the challenges you see with it? Um, barring contraindications, which are really few, there are some indi contraindications to getting the treatment. So what is a contraindication for hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Um, so there are two types, um, the absolute and the relative. The absolute means you can't, there's no way you, you're going to be able to receive hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And that is um, when you're on certain chemotherapy. And the other is if you have a collapsed lung, which is called a pneumothorax. Um, the relative ones include um, obstructive lung disease, um, blood disorders, certain blood disorders, um, seizures. But some of these are really, like I said, relative. Um, and we can actually work with the patient to, to, to make sure that they actually can get the treatment. So you modify the treatment to adjust to the patient? Yeah, within safety parameters, for sure. absolutely. How often do you have to turn a patient away because they, they can't get a treatment? Um, because of these reasons? Gosh, not very often at all. There's not, there's not a lot of patients that come in with those, those um, indications, actually. They're pretty rare. Mm -hmm. um, even, even the relative indication like seizure, we actually, I mean, I mentioned that because it is on the list of relative indication, contraindications, but um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy is also really good for seizures. So we just have, this is personal and meaning we just have to take each patient and look at their whole medical history and see if this would work for them. Certain um, devices are also contraindicated for hyperbaric oxygen therapy, certain pumps, defibrillators, things like that. But again, this is on a patient by patient basis. And I understand that rare might be less than 1% of your patient population comes in with something concerning that you might have to work around. Is I would that, say that's accurate. Mm -hmm. oh, very interesting. So, so um, I know you're aware and, and uh, we've been discussing um, in this um, format the uh, traumatic brain injured soldiers and PTSD mm -hmm. and, and that the state of North Carolina actually has funded some treatments and understand that these many of these veterans are coming through your clinic. Right. And so could you tell us what, you know, what you've witnessed there with them coming through? Where, where are we in the process? How many treatments? How many are you treating? Um, how's that look? Sure. Um, I also want to preface that by saying we've been seeing many um, post-concussive patients prior to this program being initiated, actually. And as far as the program, we've seen about 23 patients in the past um, about month. These are the veterans? The veterans, yes. Um, some who have completed it maybe a couple who have already completed 40 sessions and some that are halfway through it. And what I'm seeing is, um, pretty much, I would say, improvement of most of their symptoms by at least um, 30 to 50% after the first 20 sessions because we evaluate them halfway through the program and then um, afterwards. So at halfway through, I'm saying I'm seeing about 40% improvement in their symptoms. And... Um, and absolutely increase an improvement of quality of life by the 40th, an improvement, significant improvement in symptom presentations from the baseline. That's wonderful. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. They so, really get their life back, and it's wonderful to see. 
kind of witness that. Yeah, so I understand the goal of the clinic is is not to stop at the uh, the amount of uh, veterans that can be treated for the money that the state put in. That the goal of the clinic may be to get to 500 veterans in the in the course of a year. Yeah, that would and, be amazing. Yeah, and so there's so there's corporate sponsorship and there's there's individuals that are that are um, um, providing donations through the nonprofit. Uh, so that's the um, that's the community foundation of Eastern Carolina, mm-hmm. North Carolina East, mm-hmm. North Carolina East. Mm-hmm. Yes. With the the funding that we're getting currently from NC East, it would be really wonderful, maybe in the near future, to actually not just rec- not just provide hyperbaric oxygen therapy for these veterans, but also perhaps do some IV therapy or even sauna that's really, really also effective for treating brain injuries. So hopefully in the near future, we get enough funding to add um, other therapies for, for these patients that could only be beneficial. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think it's, this, to me, this is a, a good point. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, um, I think it's important. There's two, two trains of thought here. Mm-hmm. One is that this is kind of like pure research. Mm-hmm. We only want to do one thing so right. we can prove that one thing mm-hmm. works because, right. because as soon as you add something else into it, then it starts to you know muddy the waters mm-hmm. and you don't know which one is more effective. And I just have a whole different view of that. I say you throw everything at it and fix these brains and don't worry about because everybody's different. You know, every injury is different. Um, everybody responds differently to these therapies. Throw everything at it mm-hmm. and fix their brains and, and you know, just know that this is what it takes to fix the brain. Doesn't have to be, you know, this is more important than this is more important than that. Mm-hmm. And so if, you know, I just look at it as if it was my loved one mm-hmm. and someone said, well, we're gonna enter you into a study, mm-hmm. we're gonna try this. And then, and then yeah. they were already doing something like an IV therapy or something right. else they're doing. We can't do that while we're doing this because we don't wanna, skew. you know, we don't wanna skew it because, you know, there's always someone in the research that says, now we gotta throw this one away um, you know, as far as the data, because they were doing something else. Other variables that could, yeah. You know, it's 20 something a day that are committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And we can't dance around this topic when someone says, oh, don't, you can't give them saunas, you know, right. because maybe the sauna is fixing their brain. Yeah. It's a different, another whole nother mechanism that can really only support what we're doing through hyperbarics. Yes. What but, is it? Let's see um, it. One of the things that the sauna can do for brain injuries actually um, increase heat shock protein production, which is a protein that that helps our cells, like our brain cells, actually endure more stress. So they become more resilient to, to actually damage. So that's one benefit of it. Um, there's also cardio vascular benefits, and there's also a way that sauna can increase BDNF. So, so, it, co- the- so it complements the hyperbaric oxygen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what about, what, what about IV therapy, which I hear keep hearing NAD. NAD, is that, is that one of them? Or is yeah, that- NAD is one of them. NAD is, um, is a cofactor for helping um, DNA repair. Um, uh, that's one of the ways, that's one of the biggest ways it helps with, with brain injuries and also with um, ATP production in the mitochondria and the cells, so in the brain cells, in so, every cell. But here we're talking about TBI, we're talking about brain cells, but yeah. And that's sort of like... And the, Myers that's, cocktail and glutathione too. Helps as well. So that's yeah. sort of like the energy factory inside the brain. Mitochondrial function, yeah. This will help the mitochondrial dysfunction that's, that's going on in the brain and the whole body. You know, most of these guys also come in with a lot of musculoskeletal issues so it's not just the brain we're helping here. It and, helps them, and they're getting oh, relief. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with hyperbarics and, and 
any musculoskeletal arthritic symptoms that they come in with. Their body's beat up. Mm -hmm. It really, it really is beat up. There are, um, without a doubt, hundreds of thousands of veterans that that suffer from PTSD and related TBI, PTSD, mm -hmm. and, and depression. Yeah, and yeah. and and as you said earlier, this is not just um, specific to veterans yeah. and and war fighters. This is uh, this is could be children and children in sports. Mm -hmm. So yes. adolescent sports, a big thing. And I know in the county that Exavitas. Um, right adjacent to Wake County, at least I'm familiar there, that, that there are some 3,000 adolescent concussions every year in just that one county. And so, so long term, that's, that, that leads to, you know, as you pointed out, some anxiety, depression. I think you pointed that out, mm -hmm, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm aware of it as well. Yeah. So, I, so I think that this is not just for the veterans, but they certainly can lead the way into demonstrating the, the, the value of hyperbaric oxygen. So separate from that, I've heard some of the uh, benefits of, of HBOT for this brain fog that has occurred from um, COVID. Either it's, it's having COVID or the vaccine, so it's a combination thereof. Are you seeing patients mm -hmm. that are coming in with that? Actually, yes, I've seen many patients coming in for long, what they're calling long COVID symptoms. Long haulers is another term for them. And brain fog is just the beginning of the symptomatology that I've been seeing for these patients. Um, cognitive issues, which include brain fog, executive functioning issues, headaches, profound fatigue, um, GI symptoms. I mean, it, it, it ranges from neurological to GI to musculoskeletal, um, all of which um, have been pretty much debilitating for a lot of them. Some just push through, but their quality of life has really, really diminished. And yeah, I've been seeing um, many of them, and they, I would say about 99% get better. Like I can say that with absolute certainty. Mm -hmm. Better to what degree? Like um, back to normal? Yeah, well... <sighs> I can't say back to normal, but pretty darn close. When we speak with them, they're, they're, they're saying they're able to work, their quality of life has improved, and um, back to their baseline, I would say about 95% to their baseline mm -hmm. for most of them. I how, mean, long, I can't, how long does that take? Like, I know I, the, the soldiers are doing the 40 treatment yeah. protocol. What about the, the, the brain fog, COVID patients? For the long haulers, um, they really vary in, time of, um, in, in terms of how many sessions they need. Um, some require only 10 and others require 40 to 50. Depends on how long they've had these symptoms, how bad the symptoms were, how many symptoms they've had. That's what I'm starting to see. We also do a little bit of IV therapy for some of these patients, the ones who have really come in with really um, tough, tough situations with hospitalizations and such, with intubations, and they need a little bit more help than than just hyperbarics, and both those treatments really help them. So, Elena, I understand that between the two chambers you talked about earlier, you have a, a 12 seat and, let's say, an 8 seat to make it easy, 20. How many how many times are those chambers used to treat patients in a, in a course of a day? Um, right now, about eight times. So, two, we can run both chambers four times a day. Okay, so four so four times a 20, so that's 80 patients. Maximum can be treat, right can treat to get one treatment in a mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And so in some patients, especially that are coming from out of town, I understand they, they, some of them get two in a day. That's right. So, so it's 80, 80 dives, I think, mm -hmm. is, is preferred. Okay. 80 treatments. 
And so, so with the 80 treatments, um, w- with this, I guess, this potential to scale up, mm-hmm. to handle more, um, you know, from a business standpoint, you see the capital investment in there. It's a, it's about a seven, eight thousand square foot clinic with other, you know, other therapies that you're doing there. But a large portion of that is dedicated to the hyperbaric oxygen. Okay. So scaling that up, um, I, th- I think essentially is going to require increasing your staff because mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. you can always add hours, start earlier and later, mm-hmm. kind of like do a shift or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we have um, you mm-hmm. taking us through the clinic mm-hmm. and perhaps we can, you know, we'll break to that. And uh, so this way, whoever's listening might be interested. Yeah. You can get really a picture of what the clinic looks like and, and uh, okay. Welcome to Exavita. I'm Elena, I'm the nurse practitioner here. Um, what we're gonna do is to start you off uh, for your first dive today is to take you back and get your vitals. Come on back. There you go. We'll take you back to the vital station that's right here. So first thing we do when you come in is to take your vital signs and that is your blood pressure, your pulse, your pulse oximeter, which is your oxygen saturation, and your respiratory rate. And after that, we will walk you this way to check in your items because we, cannot take anything in a chamber besides the clothes you're wearing. So we will check every item, all your personal items, your electronic items into these bins and they'll go in the lockers right there. And um, after that, you'll go into the loading room to wait for everybody else that are gonna be in that dive and everybody gets moved into the chamber all at the same time. Here at Exavita, your first visit here starts off with a consultation with one of our providers. We will go over your medical history, your medications and supplement list, your symptoms, which are really your presenting complaints, and also your goals for hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Along with hyperbaric oxygen therapy, we also recommend IV therapy, pulse electromagnetic field therapy, and neurofeedback. We offer all these here at Exavita. So if you were to scale up, and I understand that's that's what you're trying to do right now, is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. That's right. So you're scaling up. So so what positions are you looking to fill at this point? Um, we are looking for another provider to, to work with me um, and to accommodate a different shift, perhaps. What, what's a provider? Oh, I'm sorry. A provider is either a nurse practitioner or, or a physician assistant, someone who... Well, I think, I think doing the, what you do, and I know this very well, you do the consult, mm-hmm. and so you're sitting down with the patient, and yeah. it's, you're giving the patient more time than, than I think most people are accustomed to when they're going to see their doctor, Absolutely, which yeah. often they do see a PA or an NP. And so you're giving them, how much time do you normally spend in a consult? Way too long, actually. I spend about 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes longer for some really complicated patients. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so, I mean, that's great. It's, 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 a, it's a great time for the patient to really have somebody understand what they're dealing with. Oh, yeah. so, so in addition to the PA or the MP, um, you know, the provider, as you mm-hmm, said. Mm-hmm. Um, what other positions do you have open or available at this point? Um, we are also looking for RNs or nurses and um, office manager as well. We would also like to add a few more CHTs, which are certified hyperbaric technicians to run to run the chamber itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I understand in the clinic, everyone gets cross-trained. Yes. And you get an opportunity to learn many things about this. And, and so, so... What about the, you know, the current staff? And so how, do the, how does the staff feel about the patients? Like, are they, you know, compared to like, you know, yourself, you worked in other clinics, you worked in the hospital, 
how, how do you feel about your um, ability to help the patients? And I don't want to do that as a leading question, but I mean, are the patients, seeing the patients heal, you know, has mm -hmm. got to be rewarding, yeah. you know, cut to the chase. I mean, yeah. it's, it's got to be a great environment. Is that, is that what you feel there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for myself, I, I do get a lot of fulfillment, fulfillment and reward from seeing them improve, seeing improvement over time. Sometimes they happen quicker, depends on the condition they're coming in. And um, the improved quality of life, that, that is very meaningful for me as a clinician, that I, I see this or at least get a hint of it during the time that they're in the clinic. And as far as the staff, um, and I also actually also sense the sense of like pretty much a family. I, I really mean that. Like we know them, we see them every day. So we really get to know our patients, our nurses, know a lot of about even the personal aspects of our patients. They share a lot with us and, and it's just, it's a really nice environment to, to heal, I believe. And I would say that my staff would say that in clinics. I mean, the patients say the same thing to us. Mm -hmm. So we know them very like personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, I don't know that, people that, like that. But. That's, that's wonderful. And I know with, especially with the, the veterans that, um, that, that we featured mm -hmm. and that we're, we're talking about, um, a lot of in a lot of cases, it's a last resort where they've tried everything, and mm -hmm. it's years. So it's so you know this 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 um, the headaches, the lack of sleep, the suicidal ideation, mm -hmm. all that is is chronic, and it's over a period of years. Mm -hmm. um, and then and and I know some of the patients even go back to the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. yes. where their original injuries mm -hmm. occurred, and they've had a you know fairly difficult, miserable you know, existence for many years where they've just fought through it, mm -hmm. that, that it's helping them in a tremendous way. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, that's got to feel great to see that hope return to them that they can be normal. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's also very taxing on their personal relationships. And I get to see that firsthand um, in the in initial consultation between, between these vets and their spouses. And you can just see the, the rest that they're under and, um, it affects everyone around them, not only these veterans. So we help the veterans, their whole family and social network actually improve as well. And so, um, and then post, when we start, when we sit down with them post 40 sessions, for example, the, the energy dynamic has changed and that's really wonderful to see too. Mm -hmm. I heard a story about one of the veterans coming out of, they're doing the cognitive test and he came out of after 20 sessions. I guess you're doing, you know, um, baseline to start. 20 and then 40 with that test. The computerized, the yeah. computerized um, assessment, yes. It's called ANAM. ANAM, yep. A-N-A-M. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ANAM. So they've likely taken that even in the military. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of the baseline tests that they take. Yeah. And so coming out of the, the 20 session, one of the one of the patients you know, said, that was so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's got to be fun to, to yes. be part of that. Yeah, and it so, really is. So anyhow, it was really special having you today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah thank really... you for, you know, breaking away from your crazy schedule. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we look forward to, you know, having you back and seeing, you know, more of what's going on, you know, with the veterans and, and patients and COVID and whatever you want to come back and talk about. Thanks for having me. Over the coming episodes, we will take a closer look at innovations, clinical trials and studies, all detailing HBOT as the ultimate biohack by reducing our biological age through telomere growth using hyperbaric oxygen therapy, we now have the means to scientifically turn back the hands of time. Be prepared to take notes and be amazed as we also expound on complementary therapies, diets, and routines 
to maximize health and lifespan, all geared around the HBOT experience. For more resources on the information discussed in today's episode, as well as interviews and studies from world-renowned experts and scientists around the globe, please visit hbotnews.org. That is hbotnews.org. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you know that with hyperbaric oxygen, there is always hope. And Elena, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.